Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers. This is episode 73 of the Next Level Author Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Sasha Black, and usually here with me every week is Daniel Wilcox, but Danielson has uh, trotted off on his jollies uh, for a break this week. So joining me this week is the very lovely, do you want to say your name? (laughs) Caitlin Duncan. Hi. Hello. (laughs) So Caitlin is a YouTuber. She's an author of fiction and she's about to be an author of nonfiction. But would you like to like tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yes, absolutely. Um, I am a hybrid author. So I started off with traditional publishing with the digital first imprint of uh, Harlequin way back in 2013, which is now with uh, HarperCollins. And uh, this year is the first year that I'm self-publishing as I have received the rights, the book rights back for uh, my debut series. And I'm loving this process and I'm going to move forward, I think, more in that indie space, uh, thanks to Sasha and Dan um, and all of their infinite wisdom. (laughs) Stop. So how has your week been? Normally I would ask Dan this question, but obviously he's had a very good week. I've seen some of his, well, you've seen some of the photos too. Um, For listeners, uh, Caitlin is like one of my very, very good friends, one of Dan's good friends. And so it was natural to ask you on the show. So yeah, we've both seen some of the photos of Dan on his jollies, smiling giddily at us at the top of mountains. But um, yeah, how's your week been? Good, good. Uh, okay. Um, you know, I'm just thinking about Dan and having him having such a great time while I'm, you know, we're stuck at home, <laughs> but he definitely deserves it. Um, this week has been okay. It's a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, I am a mother and my child has been away for most of the week. And I so conveniently caught the cold that she has bestowed upon me. So you could still hear it in my voice. So this week has pretty much been me in recovery mode. Um, and just, you know, I do work a day job as well, um, on top of writing. So it's just been a recovery week for me, uh, overall, but it's been okay. Yeah. And at least I suppose like hopefully a faster recovery because you only have to like, well, mostly only have to look after yourself this week. Um, Awesome. My week has been interesting, very similar to yours, because um, Atlas went to my mum's at 11 o'clock Tuesday and it's now just gone 11 o'clock Friday. Um, So I have had most of the week without him. And I think I thought I was going to get more done than I did. It's one of these things that were like, usually when your kid goes off you just actually need the recovery time rather than like trying to smash all of the work I always forget that that is the case I um he's also going to be going to my mum's next week um so I'm hoping I will sort of be able to pick up the pace a bit next week I I'm not sure if he's coming back like midweek for the evenings um because he's got to stay one day at the weekend but um yeah it's been odd I've I've sort of 
gone back to the fiction writing, which has been savage <laughs> on every <laughs> shade of every experience, every way you can possibly think of. Um, but yeah, I've really, yeah. Anyway, that's that's enough waffling on. It, it's been a, it's it's been a weird week. Um, I know. No, but I mean, to be honest, it, this is not something that a lot of people like really put out there, especially parents, you know, who have a who are doing like a creative uh, endeavor and a job. Like it, it's it's not like you know when we were younger and childless when you have a day off you have a day off and you're like, oh, I can go clean my apartment or I can do this. I can do that. Like we have such high expectations of like any childless time, whether they're at school or, you know, with the grandparents or whatever. Um, like I spent, I, we, we dropped her off uh, Sunday and all Monday I was like, what do I do? <laughs> like, like I had all this, I'm going to, I'm going to clean my mud room. I'm going to clean up the kid's room. I'm going to do all this. And I, I clean the mud room. I did that one thing in five days um, and it's just, it's very odd because it's just, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but I feel like it happens to a lot of parents mm. and it's just, it's crazy how that works. Like you just need that like extra motivation where before your motivation was, okay, I have four hours where, you know, my child is having dinner at the grandparents' house and I have to get all of this stuff done. But when it's such like a long amount of time, it's, I don't know if it gives you like less of a deadline to get a lot of things done. I don't know. I think of it in like writing terms. Yeah. Um, I also think that we forget that we're not actually machines and that <laughs> our bodies what? do actually require. I know. Right. But our bodies do require some time to rest and recuperate. Yeah. And so I think they try to sabotage us and um, slow us down in those times. I don't know like yeah I do always set unrealistic expectations just because I th that is how I'm wired I'm wired to do that so no matter how much time I have I'm always going to find more things to do than I can possibly achieve <laughs> in those in those in those hours but yeah okay so level up of the week this week is Sam Ross so Sam says I'm having a draft two table read for my scripts tomorrow meaning as of tomorrow I have crushed my level up challenge so huge congratulations to Sam um, and if you haven't joined our level up challenge this one is running for this quarter so I think it ends at the end of September god I need to write it down I still need to contact um organize a time for the uh session for the previous one I need to write that down um so yeah uh join us I think by the end of September, I think this level up is. I can't remember. Um, if Dan was here, I'm sure he would remember. He wrote the post. Um, shows how useless I am. Um, yes, so huge congratulations. That sounds awesome. Um, if it's a table read in what I think of a table read, like where you read the thing before it gets filmed or whatever, that is super cool. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So we have one new patron this week. Welcome to Mel Climo. Climo? Climo or Climo? I'm not sure. Climo I'm going to go with. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I know Dan does. And you can join us for our um, evening sessions once a month where we do a next level author patron Q&A. We have a nice chat. We all um, yeah, ask questions, answer questions, all of that good stuff. And if you would like to join us on Patreon, then you can by visiting patreon.com forward slash next level authors. So this is the point in the show where we usually do some notices. So I think you should tell everyone about your upcoming book. 
I, uh, it's, it's very strange. Like this doesn't feel like any other launch, uh, that I've had before, but I am releasing my first nonfiction book, uh, take back your book an author's guide to rights reversion and publishing on your terms. Um, this was a book based on my own rights reversion journey, as I mentioned earlier. Um, when I first got my book rights back, I had no idea what to do. I knew I wanted to self-publish the book, but I never self-published before. And there's a little bit uh, of a nuance when it comes to uh, republishing a book that's already been published. Um, and I go through that a lot in this book. It's basically like half memoir, half uh, uh, nonfiction self-help um, in terms of like, if you are a author who is traditionally published and you're looking to learn more about rights reversion, taking back your book rights after a certain amount of time, usually when you're not making a lot of money or you're not selling a lot of books years after publication, there is hope for your book still. Um, and uh, also this is for authors who are considering traditional publishing. Um, this book was sort of born out of um, a lot of the Twitter drama over the past uh, year or so when it comes to sort of peeling back the layers of traditional publishing and really just making authors aware of what happens behind the scenes. This is no way a dig at traditional publishers. I think they do have their place, but I also think that authors can take control over their careers um, when other people are not necessarily promoting your book the way you want. So yeah, so this comes out uh, next Thursday, the 26th of August, 2021. And I'm thrilled. I'm a bit nervous um, and I just feel like I won't really hit me until <laughs> the day comes um, because it's just been such a whirlwind process. I think we had discussed this March, April. I think I started working on it then and it's just been crazy. And I want to thank you, you know, Sasha <laughs> and, and Dan too. Uh, you guys were some early readers of mine and you really helped shape the book. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to think of the version that I sent you guys <laughs> because this book doesn't look anything like that anymore. Uh, and you guys really helped shape that. So thank you. Oh, no, it was all there. All the content was there. And I always say like the hardest bit for me in my nonfiction books is the structure. And so that is always the thing that I struggle with most. Um, so yeah, like I, I have read the book. I think it is amazing. I learned stuff from it. And I think anybody like you said who is either traditionally published already considering traditional publishing or considering subsidiary it's easy for me to say subsidiary rights sales should read the book because you will get something from it and hey if you are just a person who likes information you should read the book because it is packed full of tips tricks information excuse me, clauses to look out for. Um, yeah, it's, it was just fascinating. As somebody who is obsessed with this industry, I found it fascinating from that perspective. Um, you have like to-dos and like check, check kind of check things to make sure you do and case studies in there from real authors who um, have, uh, yeah, had their rights reverted. And so, yeah, it's just fascinating. Yeah. Um, and there was really nothing like it out there. Like um, I did want to mention, like there was, you know, articles about rights reversion. You can find those anywhere on Google, but there was like really nothing to do like afterwards. And, you know, as you mentioned, the case studies. So these are more like success stories um, and people who have been reverted. But I had to actively seek those people out. Um, 
because there was nothing out there. And I was wondering if I was doing something wrong mm-hmm. that like, if this, this was something secret, uh, but it's just that n- no one's ever like taken you know, their platform to be able to talk about it. Um, and then I also, I was thinking when you were saying you were reading it, um, like some of the comments you had, I do have a story in here, a, a not successful story. Um, and it's just, it's very heartbreaking to, for an author to try so hard. Um, the lovely, lovely Terry Nixon, um, she, uh, she wrote all about um, her struggles with trying to get her books back because our publisher was not really, you know, figuring it out. You know, they were saying they were going to do stuff to help promote the books and they did not. And it's just, it's just heartbreaking. But um, I hope that authors are able to find themselves in either my story or someone else's story. Um, And I also have a mix of hybrid authors um, in there who are being very successful now because they, they took their book rights back. So. Yeah. Awesome. Um, So as for me, uh, same old, same old, all my books are available wide. um, And of course, the most recent release is Eight Steps to Side Characters. Uh, If you haven't got your copy yet, what are you waiting for? Um, There's lots of stuff in there that you might not expect um, that will help you to improve all of your characters. So yeah, I highly recommend you go and check that out. Okay, thing of the week that we have enjoyed. What have you enjoyed this week? Um, as we were talking before, this is a bit of a double-edged sword because I love my child with all of my heart. But having the space has really been um, great. It's I, I've, I somewhat have taken back my time um, a little bit. Like I'm not so hard with like, you know, have to drop off a camp, have to pick up a camp, have to do dinner, have to do bath, have to do bedtime type of thing. Um, I, I really enjoyed like just having my time, what, you know, it's taken up by work um, and authoring, which I love, but uh, I really enjoyed um, just being, you know, childless. It just sounds so horrible, Sasha. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. because I completely understand. Like yeah. I am so excited for him to come back, but yeah. also like, I'm tired 99.9% of the time. And this is the 0.1% or the 0.001% or whatever it is. So like we are allowed to enjoy this time, like just as much as we enjoy time with our children. Like that is okay. Um, Yeah. Uh, What have I enjoyed this week? I had a coaching session where, in fact, I'm going to, I'm going to give two things. So the first thing um, I, I ranted (laughs) on Instagram yesterday, because uh, as you know, I have been working on the third book in my young adult series for three fucking years. And I just am at the point where it is make or break. And I really want it to be make and not break uh, because I don't like quitting. The competition in me does not like quitting. Um, But I really can't do this anymore. And yesterday I sat for three hours, three fucking hours, staring at the computer, trying to work out how to make this work and just thinking. And I got I just I like I intellection cycled without make going making forward progress. And I was not OK with that by the time at the end of that three hours. And so I just I ranted on Instagram and the very lovely JP um, offered to do a brainstorming session. And JP has very high. I think he's number one ideation and ideation. 
it's like my favorite thing now like I so wish I had ideation um I know strategic can sometimes act like that but it failed me in this situation um anyway and his ideation is fucking phenomenal like it is it is genuinely a superpower and like I just vomited the the story plots and was like this is where I am I don't know how to move forward and and we just like anyway he got me out of the situation that I was in and uh because it was a shit shit situation anyway um I am so deeply grateful and I don't think he realizes quite how grateful I am because I, I said it like 8,000 times, but you know, when you cannot quantify your gratitude, it was that kind of a situation. Um, so yeah, I am hoping now that, cause I won't get to write today, um, but I'm hoping next week I can really start to just, yeah, get that book done. Um, so that was the first thing that I really enjoyed. And the second thing I really enjoyed was, um, a coaching session, uh, Becca signs Clifton coaching. And I had the session with Ellie and she is just, I like, if she's not an actual genius, I don't like, I, she must be a genius because she's amazing. she is, she is almost frighteningly amazing. And like, she just knew exactly how to say the right thing. Um, and I know, like, I'm going to confess this, like, I, I do say that I'm dead on the inside, but like when somebody hits upon a home truth that you were not expecting them to hit upon, that really cuts to the core of your values or the core of your personality or whatever, it, it provokes an, a physical reaction. Like, I don't think that we can help when it, like when somebody really cuts deep, it does provoke an instantaneous physical reaction it's like a physical manifestation of how you're feeling and I instantly got goosebumps and then I started crying because I like she just she she nailed it and it's like this thing I've been struggling with for three years and yeah like I don't know anyway so I feel empowered again which is really good and um so yeah now next week we're gonna see what happens with the fiction and hopefully I'm gonna like I can just smash and and things so that yeah those were the two things that I enjoyed this week that's amazing yeah okay so weekly confessional not not so relevant for you uh Dan will enjoy downtime in the Lake District which he's doing (laughs) um and Sasha will create a no list and make a decision about which drafting project comes next so um I did my no list I think I've got it here somewhere. I'm not gonna I sent a picture to Dan anyway I can't hide it right now um and um so funnily enough, I made a decision that I was going to draft a nonfiction one and I'm, and I started, and then I was like, no, I haven't done the input. So I had to stop. And now I'm drafting the scent of death, which, you know, and I've made, I've written a few thousand words on that this week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it's not really what I intended to do. <laughs> I don't really want to be drafting and <laughs> editing fiction, fi- two different fiction projects. It's not really comfortable for me. Um, but that's where I am. And, um, I am determined to keep going with this uh, trying to write everyday thing until the end of September, but I already feel uncomfortable. Um, Yeah, so I don't 
know how that is going to go. So the reason I feel uncomfortable is because um, it's not taking me two hours to do what I need to do. It's taking me significantly longer. And I'm still like, I'm not timing the two hours, which is not helping me. And I'm not Mm. in the school routine. So yeah, I don't know. I might actually try a visual timer. Like that is, are they actually called visual timers? I think so. Like this is the one that I have. Um, yeah. and it's just like, and it has like a little thing at the end. Which I'm going to write it down. Now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to Google. I'm going to have a look on Amazon. Um, because, yeah, I found this this week, like in my mornings where I'm supposed to be writing, because I spend most of my day in sprints with other with people. I can't like I haven't. That's not a, I'm not focused first thing in the morning yeah. and I need I need that focus to and also I'm already feeling like I'm I've outputted everything I have so yeah I really need to readjust and like go back to reading more I think in order to keep myself going I don't know anyway um so yeah uh I did do both of those things all right comments yeah. and then on to um question of the week so comments 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 So last week's question was, how do you protect your writing time? Kerry Hardisky says, I just communicate clearly with hubby. Um, We worked out a routine where he takes over childcare and bedtime duties after dinner. I did agree to one night off a week, but usually I'm usually still writing on my phone. Uh, Victoria LK Williams said, I tell the hubby I'll be in the office. That's code for don't bother me and have a serious discussion with the with the two cats about boundaries hubby listens the cats don't shane (laughs) w miller said with a closed door and the nearest available weapon that's hilarious uh inez johnson says i get up before everyone else and get them words she is a machine like i look up to her i want to be her when i get older because she her output is crazy um cj dainton says boundaries planning and intentionality i fail at all of them on the regular dust myself off and try again uh edwin said uh, not as well as i should even on days when my wife kicks me out of the house with orders to go right i struggle with putting uh, distractions aside and focusing on the actual writing last um actually i think yeah no last uh i have to kate holdsworth says i have to put it on first or my achiever will have me using energy pennies on the nothingy jobs just to tick something off the list yep feel that uh, sometimes I have to show up and just start, even if my head is empty. Uh, I am the guardian of my creativity. It's curator and its voice. Nobody else. Me. I, if I don't feed the Tamagotchi, it will die. <laughs> Did you ever, you must be, you're the same age as you, you must have known. Oh, yeah. Did you have Oh yeah, one? I had him. I yeah. had him, yeah. <laughs> I had a little red Tamagotchi. There was a, there was a gigapet too. I remember I had them on like a keychain, both of them. I'm like, I take care of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 oh I love it I love it okay so I think that is all of the comments so um on with the question so um this question is mostly a you question uh mm-hmm. because I thought why not um ask you something about your specialism but um how how do you revert your rights let's say you want to revert your rights how do you revert your book rights what should you look out for um yeah talk talk to us about book reversion book reverting your book rights (laughs) absolutely um so 
it really just starts off with the contract. And, um, you know, as I state in the book, like I'm not a lawyer, so I don't recommend anyone taking this as lawyerly advice. Um, but if you like, say you're already in a contract, you know, look to the contract. If you are, if you have a contract, but haven't signed it yet, you know, I would recommend talking to a lawyer or an agent. If you have an agent, I've never had an agent. So I always think like lawyerly, um, but obviously your agent, um, you know, will be able to assist you in that way. But basically just look at your rights, uh, the, the right of reversion clause um, and see, you know, what the stipulations are. So I've had four contracts and they've all been different. Um, so basically in there, it'll state like a time limit of when you can ask for your rights reversion. So say seven years after publication day of said book, um, that you sign the contract for. Um, and then it'll say, um, usually it's a unit based or monetary based, uh, threshold. So it'll say, you know, after seven years or seven years after publication date, um, you need to be making uh, less than, say, $100 in the last four royalty periods or in terms of the units, less than 250 units in the last two royalty periods. Um, some people, like on my earlier contracts, a royalty period means um, every quarter. So one quarter is a royalty period. My later contracts, um, I get royalty statements monthly. So that would be, you know, four months previous. Um, so you have to look at that. Um, and then once you have uh, fulfilled all of those stipulations, you do have the right to ask for uh, your rights back with a caveat. Um, and some agents I know uh, do this where they, it'll be, you know, maybe halfway through that uh, period since publication date. And they'll see that the publisher isn't, say, doing anything with audiobook rights. So they'll specifically ask for those ones back, um, even if you're not within all, you know, the thresholds or whatever, like say they haven't even produced the audiobook or the audiobook isn't selling, um, you can ask for that back and then, um, you know, publish it yourself. Sometimes with subsidiary rights, um, and don't quote me, but sometimes you can bring them to another um, uh a publisher, um, but usually I wouldn't recommend to, you know, once you take a book back that you bring it to another publisher because there is a sales record out there on it. And a lot of publishers don't want to take um, that on. And also too, if you are asking for your book rights back, like in their eyes, you quote unquote failed, like, because you haven't um, sold a certain amount. And that varies widely with publishers, what, what is considered a failure as an author, um, which is a whole nother book in itself. Um, so yeah, I would recommend looking at the contract and trying to be within those thresholds. Um, that's your best chance of getting them to say yes, to get your book rights back. And so what have you done since you got your book rights back? What have you done with your books? What are the op opportunities and options for authors? Yeah, um, so when I got my book rights back, I um, asked for the production files um, and that was something in my contract. I don't know if all contracts say that, but you can request the production files, which what is basically like- Oh yeah. So yeah, they're basically like, uh, the formatted book. So you can ask for those files. Um, 
it was a little bit of an obscene amount of money for my taste um, because I was asking, um, I don't know if I mentioned, did I mention I get the whole series back? Um, mm. I asked for the first book. They ended up giving me the whole series, which was awesome. And I'm so happy about that. Um, so for the uh, production files, the amount was more than I ever made on one of the books. So I was like, you know, I'd rather take this money and spend it like editing and things like that. Plus it had been over seven years since the book's published. So I was like, I need to do a lot of rewrites and everything like that. So I didn't, you know, get those back. So I did have to do a lot of editing. Um, you know, with the first book I did, I'd say maybe like a minor edit. I did like a developmental edit um, and uh, proofread and stuff like that. And I formatted the book myself. So I basically took the book and I went through the whole self-publishing process. So I did what, what you would do, you know, with your fiction book after writing it. So I like, it's like that stop gap after the writing stage and then everything else was self-publishing. So editing covers, um, you know, I would recommend uh, getting a new cover, especially if it's been many, many years as cover trends do change. Um, some publishers may you know, you have the opportunity to ask for the cover if you really, really love it. Um, but again, it may be a cost um, like the production files. So just keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. um, and so are there like any mistakes writers should avoid when requesting their rights when? Yeah, let's start there, because then I have a question about subsidiary rights. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so mistakes, I would say, is if you're not within that threshold period, like, <laughs> I made this mistake, and I go into it in my book, and I was, you know, a baby writer, and, and it's fine. We all make these mistakes. And, and my thing about this book specifically is that I don't mind airing this out there, because I can guarantee someone else has done this before, and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that was a mistake. But by opening up and telling people about it, maybe not you won't make that mistake and feel a little bit embarrassed. So what I did with one of my books is that um, it was an absolute failure and it still is a failure. And I just, I just want to get this book back so badly. Um, so I asked way too soon for my book rights back. And it, in that contract, it was, I believe it was seven years um, after publication that I could request. And I think I asked at like year three, <laughs> I was like, can I please send these back? And they're like, no. <laughs> you're not even close. Um, so I would say just make sure you're within those rights. That, that's the best chance that you have um, to, to be able to get them back because you have the evidence. It's been seven years. I haven't sold this many copies. Please give me my rights back. Um, and most of the time with the traditional model of publishing, it's a lot of like uh, front list. Um, so it's like basically the books that are coming out this season, they're really, really, really focused on that. And then after that season, it's like, what's the next season? What's the next season? And like authors have all of these books in their backlist. A lot of publishers don't even bother like putting them on sales, doing any sort of marketing or anything like that after your season has, is done, which is the total opposite in the indie world, which I love because like when you put out a book, like you want it to sell forever. You want to constantly find new readers. Um, so yeah. I went on a tangent there. <laughs> no, no, I completely agree. It's what I love about um, indie too. You know, like I am going into um, 
yeah, I was going to, I was also going to go off on a tangent. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> you know, I published my first villains book four years ago. I'm just about to release the audio. I'm going to give it a whole boost, uh, you know, campaign and all of this stuff. And it still, it still sells every day. It's, it's crazy that people, the publishers don't, you know, don't bother with their back catalog, back catalog. That's where like the majority of my sales come from. Yeah. Um, Okay, so now I have a question. Um, I have a foreign rights publisher who has approached me uh, for translation rights uh, to a particular country. I won't go into details because I don't even know if this is going to happen. It might all fall through Um, and probably, you know, probably will fall through because these things that, you know, it's very rare these things happen. So but anyway, I've been approached by a publisher of foreign uh, rights what should I look out for in contracts? Like what are some of the mistakes with selling subsidiary rights? What are some of the things you need to make sure you're protecting yourself with? Like how, yeah, what should I look for? Um, well, in terms, like I said, I'm not a literary lawyer by any stretch of the means, but um, in terms of subsidiary rights, I mean, that's really that's really up to you. You have to make sure that when you do sign that contract and give away your rights that, you know, try to get as much benefit for you as you can, because these contracts, they're, they're really not made for you. Yes, they're getting your book out there, but a publishing house is a business and they're going to be protecting themselves. So, um, you know, in any of the contracts that I've negotiated, because I had hired a literary lawyer and these were recommendations, but they didn't negotiate for me. I did. So basically like, you know, you can ask upfront, like, okay, I see you want audiobook rights. What are your plans for audiobooks? Are you going to have them out, you know, in the next five years, what's happening with that? And that's a lot of things you can do upfront. Um, you know, say you, you're really interested in special editions. I know Brandon Sanderson, he, um, he didn't have special editions, I believe, in his contracts. And then he, what did he make? Like $6 million off his special editions? Like that is boss. That is so awesome. Um, so these are things you just have to look for upfront. And it's, you know, when you're given a contract, it's like excitement and, you know, you want to get your book out there and everything, but you do have to put on like a protective armor and say like, this is what I'm willing to negotiate and this is what I'm not. And as I'm headed into the indie sphere and like, you know, talking to you, um, you know, I'm very protective of my rights now. And I think, you know, with with you in the, in the translation, um, you have to make sure it works for you. Like you have to make sure you're comfortable you know, letting them have these rights and everything like that. So just um, in terms of sub rights, I would, I would just make sure like, you know, question the publisher um, or your editor, whoever's given the contract and, you know, make sure that you feel comfortable and with the terms. And sometimes um, these uh, specific clauses can be negotiated. So maybe they say, okay, uh, we're not going to revert possibly for seven years. We'll say, well, maybe how about we move that to three or five? Mm-hmm. or something like that. Like th- there's always wiggle room and then you have to decide what you're willing to take and what you're not. And if you do have to walk away from a contract, you might have to walk away from a contract. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing my dad always says to me is always, always, always be willing to walk away. He was like, you don't, you've lost. If you don't, if you don't go in willing to walk away, you've lost already. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that is fantastic advice. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, is there anything else you would like to add about rights reversion before we create the audience question of the week? Um, not really. I mean, uh, there's just, there's a lot of nuances to it. Um, and just, like I said, just please do your due diligence with these contracts. Um, you know, I signed two of them before I really, um, started to feel like I needed to be a little more in control of the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got a lot of no's when I was, um, you know, trying to negotiate stuff. And then I'm like, well, okay. You know, like, like your dad said, I mean, like, be prepared, be prepared to walk away if it's not what you want. Like, you know, obviously if you were given a contract, there's something there about your book and, mm -hmm. um, you know, you just have to decide what you want to do with it. Okay. So, um, the next thing we normally do is say how we are leveling up our business. And I did not pre-plan. <laughs> um, you want me to say what I'm going to do while you think about it? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I was trying to think of something cause I'm like, I don't know if you're going to come at me if I don't do this, yeah. but yeah. I, <laughs> I put what I knew I'm going to do. So I'm going to release this book yeah! next week. Um, so I have a whole, you know, checklist of things, uh, that I need to be doing. Um, I'm hopefully, hopefully going to, uh, do a release day vlog, which I like to do, um, for my books. And it's usually just that day. And then I'll put it up, um, you know, the next week on my YouTube channel. Um, if that's something that interests anyone. Um, and I'm also trying to like, I'm going to need a little space away from it because I get very focused on my releases. Um, so I'm going to work on my, um, exclusive epilogue for the book I'm releasing next month in September. Um, it's a fiction novel. It's my first uh, reverted book um, of that series. So I'm re-releasing it um, next month. So I'm going to work on an epilogue, which, which will be sort of um, for the readers who read Soul Taken, um, just a little extra to hold them over until um, the second book, Soul Possessed, um, is out. Mm, awesome. Um, I am going to just put one thing on my list, which is to work on the tray edits. Um, that is like, I, uh, so I had planned on doing the audiobook, finishing the audiobook this week, but we have had, um, super fast fiber optic being installed in our whole town and they worked from the other side of the town and they just came over to this side of the town and they spent <laughs> this whole week up until about lunchtime yesterday, like drilling around our street. Like they were on our street this week. Um, so like I've been deeply grateful because I'm so excited to like have fast internet again because we went from I think it was 360 meg download to like 50 here oh, and wow. I like yeah like no I was like the fuck is this like <laughs> buffering <laughs> who buffers what, what is that <laughs> I know right like I yeah we had like super super fast internet when before we moved just because we were close to London um yeah. Yeah, so I am like deeply grateful, but it completely fucked my plans. Um, so I am hoping that I'm going to finish the audiobook, but I don't know where they're going to be working. Um, so I am not going to put that down just in case they are like over here, which will still affect my um, audio booth. But anyway, hopefully I will be able to, um, yeah, do uh, the audiobook as well. But the, the thing I'm going to put down is Trey because I know I can work on that. Um, 
yeah and also I'm going to put that down because um I think by next week the end of next week I'm going to have to make a decision about whether or not I'm putting it up for pre-order for our uh, big uh campaign thing that's going to happen in September so do I put that down as well no, I'm going to put that down for next week, I think. Okay, cool. So um, that's it. So audience question of the week then is, um, have you sold any subsidiary rights or would you consider, Would you, maybe we should put, would you consider selling subsidiary rights or selling rights, selling book rights? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to sort it out in post. <laughs> and um yeah thank you so much for your time today and thank you for having me (laughs) yeah no you are most welcome I love your fashion sense by the way your t-shirt's amazing (laughs) um yeah for listeners uh Caitlin is wearing a next level author t-shirt so yeah don't forget to get your copy of take back your book rights it is a fantastic read I highly recommend it um yeah and we or I will see you guys next week um that's it Bye-bye. Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. Do you know, that is one of my favorite things about you. You are able to say how long something will take and then you actually make it happen in that time. Like, I don't have that. Like, what is that? And how do I get it?